Hi, I'm Hallie, and I want to welcome you to the Odd Life Podcast. That's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. In this space, you will hear inspirational stories, candid and heartfelt conversations, as well as advice from experts, all with the intention of helping women like you live odd AF. Because I believe the more of us that live awake, well, and empowered, the better this world will be. So thank you for being here and welcome to your odd life. Everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, my daughter, Avery. Avery is a sports reporter for Herdet Sports, and she also is a social media strategist for the company. And we're talking today about the evolution of that job, how it's come about, uh, some tough stuff she had to go through last year with a relationship that helped her become a bit of who she is today because of it. And we also just chit chat about uh, the job itself, some ups and downs, the challenges she has. If you have a daughter, a niece, a sister, a woman that's wanting to get involved in the sports world, that loves sports, uh, maybe Avery is someone to pay attention to. She has been out there. She's got a lot of presence on social media. And I think it's important for young women, especially to see other young women doing something out in a world that's more often dominated by a man and to see themselves in a world that maybe they could thrive in as well. Uh, I think we need more and more women in the world of sports for sure. I think it's important for perspective. I think it's important for compassion. I think it's important for women to be out there in the, the world of sports. This is not just for men. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. I'm going to do a little bit more on the video and leave a lot more stuff in uh, because some things are just visual, like why I have a wound on my eyelid right before the podcast. We'll, sh we'll share that in the video. So if you want a little bit more, go check it out. Otherwise, we'll have a more condensed version uh, on the audio. And so here's my conversation with my daughter, Avery Howard. Well, as you can tell, I have Avery back today. You were here yeah. episode 10 and we talked a lot about your early soccer career, how you got involved in sports, how you found your major, those kinds of things. Lots happened since we last talked. Yeah. Was it last fall? It was last fall, I think like October. Yeah. So last yeah. year at this time, roughly. So give us a quick update. What's changed? What have you been up to? Fill us in on what's happened since our last chat. What's what's not changed? Um yeah, so at this time a year ago, I was basically trying to navigate the world of my first job. I was hired for a marketing company. They had a position for a social media strategist, and I was being slotted into a position within the company where they knew I had an interest in sports, and they knew that I knew their other colleagues in the sports division. But they were kind of using me to fill a need that they had at the time, which was with their restaurant. They had a yeah. restaurant. And so I was just kind of like, okay, like I'm employed. I have a job and I'll have some experience with sports. We'll figure it out. And so I did social media for a restaurant for about five months. And then I would kind of help the sports team do their social posting. Well, at this time, I kind of was like, okay, it is what it is. But this is not my jam, but I'm sure it'll turn into something different. I'm just going to keep showing up. And I got my hockey games on the weekends and basketball games on the weekends to work. So I still had that. So just, about, the time, just for, to recap, 
Avery was working freelance for the University of Nebraska Omaha oh, and yeah, doing sorry. coverage for them. So mm-hmm. meaning interviews with coaches, pregame interviews with yes. players, things like that. So that's a freelance thing that she had going on since leaving school. Okay, yep. so back to. Yes, sorry, forgot that detail. So at the time, our sports team, I was considered to be a part of it, was about five people big. And so the week to week just was kind of random content creation. And then it would get sent to me and I would do the posting for all of it. So now, fast forward, our team is now 24 people big. And I am the senior social strategist slash reporter. And I basically manage a lot of people now. Yeah, but it is crazy. And I, it's funny when people introduce me within my company to other people or clients, they basically say, this is the voice of our company. And it's always weird to hear that mm-hmm. because I'm the person that has created a voice. So I went from taking videos of hamburgers and french fries, literally. We talked a lot <laughs> you know, about that. That was not yeah. a favorite part I mean, of your job. It's, it's, you know, like you have to, you have to do that. And yeah. that's what they needed me for at the time. And they were going through some business changes and that's part of the company and part of the business. And this was a sports bar and grill. That's yeah, the marketing yeah. company. They had a restaurant because they wanted it to be a living experience of the products that we put out that are sports related. We do marketing for sports companies or at the time, that's what we did. Now we wait to are our own sports company. That's right. But we worked with a Nebraska affiliated publishing basically at the time. And so we wanted it, the bar to be a living experience of that. So what you read in a magazine or the yearly yearbook, you could walk into this restaurant and experience that. Um, mm-hmm. Just the wallpapers were Nebraska. There was live events, just very Husker focused. Where now we've kind of shifted to it being a just sports bar in general, where we cover Omaha, Creighton, and Nebraska, and host all kinds of events there because that's what our team does. We cover every event under the sun in the state of Nebraska. So just to see where the restaurant has evolved to from when I started yeah. to where I am now is really interesting. And so, yeah, on a week to week basis, now I have nothing to do with the restaurant pretty much. And um, like I said, being the voice of the sports side of the company, there's a lot of different people that be posting, but most of it always comes through me. And I have been one of the main people there since the beginning, which is just really crazy. And Mm -hmm. so now I actually have assigned beats. So Nebraska football is one of them. And that's just been the dream come true situation. And there's still so much ground to tackle there that I feel like this, this season was such a learning experience, which we can get into. But um yeah that's been crazy and then obviously I still have the Omaha stuff which is great so Omaha hockey even though I work for them still part-time to cover them uh, my company kills two birds one stone and that's my beat as well and so I go do the hockey assignments as well and then now the basketball season is ramping up that'll be the next thing so since we last talked um it's really been yeah. a whirlwind of all positive things. And yeah, um, like I said, what hasn't changed? There's been a lot more than just that, which has yeah. been a big thing. But in terms of work and yeah. everyday life, that's kind of the biggest change. Well, that's what I'm talking about because it's, maz- it's amazing what's transpired in a year. And it's funny because if you guys have watched the last episode or the last guest, I should say, uh, I have my guest Sydney on and Sydney and Avery are really good friends. And she yeah. referenced Avery a lot in the, in the episode. If you haven't watched it, you should really go watch her. She's a dynamic person. I actually show pictures of the things that she's taken pictures of. She's incredible. Like incredible. Insane. This girl's 24 yeah. years old. So both of you, my point of saying that is that both of you, so much has happened in a short amount of time. And we talked about this in episode 10 is 
when you started out at school, clueless of what you wanted to do, you're 18 years old, and now here you are 24. Yeah. And this is what your life looks like right now. And it's insane. And the connection here is it's very parallel to what Sydney's been going through. She kind of yeah. came in not really knowing and then getting into what she's doing. It's what, what you guys are doing is, is pretty crazy. So yeah, my question for you about work is being now that you are a female in this role, in this environment, what are some challenges you've had in this role now? There's a couple of different things I want to talk about. Being yeah. a female. Mm-hmm. And then also being young mm-hmm. and doing the role that you are because you are managing yeah. people and, and doing a role that maybe people would have been working for for years to get to where you're at right now. Yeah. So tell me about those challenges. If you've seen anything, if it's not been an issue, just kind of fill me in on that whole part of it. Yeah. Um, I'll first start off with, I have to actually give a ton of credit to a lot of people that I do work with in this space for supporting me the way that they do, uh, whether it be my own coworkers or even people that have worked in this space here in Nebraska for a very long time. Stepping into the Nebraska football arena <laughs> of media is crazy. It's wild. I've, I, and I've grown up a Nebraska football fan and I yeah. know what kind of coverage they get, but to be a part of that now is very interesting. Uh, people talk about football here every single day. And I don't even know how we come up with topics every day, but we do. It's incredible. And you go to a press conference and there's 40 people there. Where I'm used to at Omaha, you know, you get your same old five to six, seven reporters. Where here it is a whole ordeal. And they've been doing it for ages. They have connections with the sports information directors, the coaches. They, They know the ins and outs of everything. Procedurally, they get it. They've seen it all. Like they've really been there through Nebraska's highs and lows. And so here I am coming in as a fan and also straight out of college where, you know, I wasn't really entirely focused on Nebraska's success or downfall. I was just watching their games and really wasn't that much more invested. I went to Omaha, I was focusing on soccer. And so now I'm like re-immersed in all of it. And so I have to say that it's it was a little bit intimidating to even know where to begin to talk about it mm-hmm. because I've been a fan, but these people have been writing about it. They have the connections. They know everything, it seems, if that's what it feels like. And so to start off as a 24-year-old female who's working this season for the first time, it's only been three months, you sit there and you kind of ask yourself, like, what do I know? Like, mm-hmm. what do I know? But at the end of the day, there's been times where I've had to tell myself that you are sitting in the same press box that they are. You are on the same sideline as them. Your eyeballs are seeing the same thing that they are right now. You might not have seen the things that they've done or seen before, but you can bring the same perspective that you have right now. And I also think that when I've been a guest on radio shows or podcasts or whatever it is, and I have my preview shows, sometimes the perspective that I offer, that seems so simple or just, I, I don't know, as complicated maybe. I've, I've actually gotten feedback that, it's refreshing. And um, that's been encouraging to hear because I think there's so many of us that do critique sports, but we're never really in the shoes of those athletes. Like Mm -hmm. I love college football. I love college hockey, but I've never laced skates up. I've never put pads on. Mm -hmm. So how critical can I truly be? And so I think to try and keep it positive and to also just observe like what I can see on the surface level and then what information I'm giving, why make it so much more complicated and try to figure it out when I've been an athlete too. When I saw people saying things on Twitter or whatever it was after a game, I'm like, they don't even know the half of it. So I know on the other half, I don't want to be the person being that critical or not even critical, but 
making assumptions or observations that that's only really what you're saying at face value. And so I think being young, I've learned that that might be my power right now too, is just that I bring a different perspective because I haven't seen 30, 40, 50 years of Husker football Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. But I also like to embrace the student athlete experience that I had. So that's me just giving full transparency on the age thing and also just the support I've gathered from my coworkers and other people that have worked in this space. The first time you put your own opinion out there about Husker football, like it's really intimidating. You're targeting your back. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably like, everyone thinks I'm an idiot and I'm not team related. Like, if I don't know what even they see and don't see. I'm thinking like within the other writers, reporters, like, you know, how, how can there be 50 people that report on the same thing and bring something different? Yeah. Almost impossible. Yeah. It, it feels that way. And so that's kind of our goal to bring a different angle within my own company and then within myself as well. Now, when you get to the female aspects and being young on top of it, um, there are a lot of challenges. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest one in full entire transparency is I'm what it seems like to most of the athletes their age. Mm-hmm. When they see me on a sideline, I probably look like I'm their age, yeah. right? And so as that's a benefit for a lot of ways for me to know how they operate and to know what their life looks like right now. Like a lot of these writers and reporters that are much older, they know what social media is like, but they don't know what it's like growing up with it, that kind of thing. So I have that shared experience. And when it comes to hockey, even like some of them have been some of my great friends. And so I have a perspective that no one else would know, like just because our casual conversations or even just being a part of the same athletic department. So being the same age-ish as some athletes can be great. But when you are very young and on a sideline, I feel like sometimes I'm looked at like, what is her true intention for being here? I am eligible, put it that way. And that's not why I'm there, right? Sure. And then on the, and the flip side, and like I said, it's weird to say this out loud, but it's something you don't realize. Like if I was in a different workspace, yeah. that would feel odd. But because it's a public figure that you're putting yourself into or because your job is to show up and look presentable and be on a sideline and to be in front of a crowd of people, all of a sudden you're subject to a lot of comments or other people's interests. It's like if I was yeah. sitting in a cubicle, dressed nice, uh, I don't think someone will walk by and... Say, say, yeah, say the things, things they say. This yeah. is technically my workplace, right? So there, there's that. I want you to give an example of something that you've heard because I think it's important people hear, yeah, the crap that you deal with sometimes and just how ridiculous people um, are. I'd love to yeah. have you give a couple examples. And I know it sounds weird and putting yourself out there, but I think it's important for people to realize not only are you dealing with a high pressure job, but it's the other stuff yeah. that you have to deal with as well. Yeah. Um. I guess what I meant on the last thing is like, I'll cover a game. And then a few days later, a few athletes will go through and like all of my stuff from previous. I love my job. I love my job. I really do. But then it makes the next time I go to a sideline a tad bit interesting because I didn't engage with any of that. And it's like, okay, thanks, I guess. So there's that aspect a little bit. But then when I'm on the sideline, I'm close to fans. and. People just like to, whether they think it's a compliment or not, always getting something mentioned about your appearance from someone you don't know in a very interesting way is not really comforting when I'm doing work. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know, would that same comment be happening if I was 10 years older? I don't know. Like, I guess we'll find out. 
Yeah. But that's one thing at a young age, you could have had a battle. And it's just like, because, is it because I'm, I'm younger that you feel like you can say that to me? And I know this comes with the territory. And I've got to the point where it, it's empty. It, there, there's no value in any of it, obviously. Yeah. So there's that. And then I think there's also a really thing that I'm challenged with right now is do people think I'm talented or do they want something from me mm. versus do they think I'm talented and they just want to give me a compliment? And it's not from the people that I work with. It's more or less like people that I'm around for like a first time, second time, or maybe they see me in passing on Twitter or a live or whatever that may be, or even coaches sometimes. Like I really appreciate when someone like of merit can value something that I'm saying, but then I have the second guessing in my head of, you know, was that authentic and was that a true assessment of something that I noted? Or what do you want from me? Or what are you expecting me to say in return? I guess is sometimes what I'm wondering. And maybe that's the wrong way to think, but I've also just had enough experiences where I know that you just can't always take it at face value, unfortunately. And that's not to say, like, all these stories aren't to say that all of the men that I work with that aren't my coworkers are, you know, terrible. Like I don't have any terrible experiences. It's just you don't realize how many things that are said that you kind of just let slide that when you look back on, you're like, well, that's not really normal, is it? And when you share these stories of people that don't work in this space, it's comparing how that would look at the workspace for them. It'd be entirely awkward and it'd be weird. So I think that's the thing right now that I'm challenged with as the youth aspect you're talking about, but also being a female as well. And at the end of the day, I've also learned that, and I think we've talked this before, but if I'm not going to take your criticism, I'm not going to take your advice um, or the other way around. If, you, if I wouldn't take your advice, I'm also not going to take your criticism. And so usually the opinions that I care about the most are the people that, once again, I work closest with that they have experience or I have a genuine connection with. And so all the compliments from people whether they be appearance-based or talent-based that I've never met, I appreciate all of them and I let them know that they're very nice to hear those things, but I don't determine my actual work value off of those things because I've just had, like I said, enough experiences where I can't tell what the true intention is behind those. And unfortunately, that's tough. So I think those are the two things right now that I couldn't have told you that a year ago that I would be experiencing these things or have experienced them and I've already had to teach myself to get over them. Well, being your mom, uh, and I don't, we didn't even talk about that at the very beginning. If you're the, new to the podcast, you haven't watched before, Avery's my daughter. So this is round two of our conversation. So if you want to watch our first one, go back to episode 10 to watch our little intro about things. But watching this from a parent perspective, I think that's one of my biggest worries is like, I worry about people's access to you and I worry about your safety sometimes. I'm really glad when you travel, you're traveling with a couple of people. So mm -hmm. Uh, Avery gets to go to the away games as well to cover the Huskers. So that's been great, but she's also had to have people with her just to make sure that she's safe and it's a group effort uh, when they go. Yeah, But yeah, it's been interesting to see. And I, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but okay. the, the, the one that got me in the very beginning was when you covered the red-white game for the very first mm. time. Mm -hmm. And the red-white game is Huskers do a scrimmage every April and that was the first thing you got to cover, I believe, mm -hmm. for football. Yep. And so you were there. You're down on the field with your manager at that time, Sasha. And somebody said something to you. I want you to tell the story because I think this is important that 
it highlights what you were just saying about the things people say to you and having fans right there. Tell us about your first experience with this. Maybe this is where your thicker skin has had to come from because of this. Yeah, it's an inner squad scrimmage. Basically, everyone has them. Nebraska just shows up like no other for them. So it was basically a packed stadium. And so I was on the sideline getting ready for the tunnel walk. And my backpack does say my name still because I have my Omaha Women's Soccer tag on it just because I would never lose my backpack. And But it wasn't on me. So this is the part that I still don't know. I also do forget often that I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm on Instagram a lot. I'm at events. Like I'm interviewing people a lot. Like I forget that people might actually know my name, which is a really odd thing to think about. But these two guys said my name and they asked me a question about Omaha soccer. And I looked at them and I was like, man, I would feel really bad if I don't know who that is because they asked me an Omaha soccer question. And they asked me, I think it was like how the season had gone. And I was like, you know, it was good. Like it was really exciting. Like my team had just won the summit league the year previously. And so I think I just was a little bit like, feeling conflicted to and you were no longer on the team at this point no and so that's why i was like shoot they clearly knew that i played on the team maybe it's someone's dad but then i was like it could have been someone's dad and they knew i wasn't on the team or whatever it may be but i just was really like shoot i feel bad that i don't know who this is well then i here comes a tunnel walk and the entire time like i can see that they're not even watching the tunnel walk these two men are just staring at me and i mean middle-aged to upper middle-aged men and I went to go grab my clipboard on the floor or whatever. And one of them like went to go put their hand out on my shoulder and was like, you are just beautiful. And I kind of just was like, thanks. And I was like, now it's even more weird. Like if you knew of me from soccer or if you're a family member of someone I know, like that just feels odd to say. And it just was very interesting. And like I said, it's just a compliment at the end of the day, I guess. But to have their eyes on me the entire time as I'm just working and they're not even really paying attention to the actual game. It just felt very like unwarranted, I guess. And Mm -hmm. so much so that I didn't even think about it though at the time. I just was like, okay, like, thanks. Mm -hmm. And I got upstairs and my boss asked me, she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, why? And she was like, that was not okay. And I was like, oh, someone else like heard that or saw that and knew that that like felt uncomfortable. To me, I just was like, it is what it is. I'm not like, you know, get over it. And I had a conversation with someone about it actually that evening because they were asking me about my job. And kind of weirdly enough, I hadn't had an experience like this in a while. And on the same day, she was like, you know, how do you, being a female and all of this, like feel like you're welcomed in the space or do you feel like you have to like ward off weird interactions and stuff and I said you know it's really funny you say that because today at the Husker football game something happened to me that I didn't even think twice about I just was like okay just with someone giving me a compliment that just felt kind of awkward and then we talked about how if that translated to a different workspace that would be really weird it's like harass like, like in a, yeah it's almost borderline harassment in a way but at the same time you you can't focus on that because then that's all you're going to focus about on this yeah. part of the job and I think that's the thing that's really tough too about this job sometimes is I think there's a misconception that if you are pretty and young and know a little bit, you want to be in front of the camera or you want to be around the athletes or I feel like it's just, I think, guessing of your intention as to why you're in this profession. So 
I think having that, like I have so many people that are so supportive about what I do, but then there's people that think that's why you're there. And so I battle that. Sometimes I always want people to know my intention and why I'm truly there. And so sometimes I overcompensate and make sure I'm making nothing awkward. So there's just times where I, like like that comment that I just wouldn't thought twice about it, but then to have conversations with other people about it that don't work in this space and for yeah. them to also be like, no, that's kind of like, that's odd. You're like, yeah, no. like, yeah. Okay. It's kind of the same thing, the equivalent of, I mean, those men should know better, honestly, because if they have ch- children of their own, would they want a random man making a comment to their daughter? And yeah. clearly you said they were like the age of your dad. And you thought maybe, oh, my dad's friends who are Probably these guys? and honestly, probably a little bit older. Yeah. The, the equivalent I think of is when young women are at a gas station by themselves and a man older engages in conversation. But mm-hmm. you just don't do that. It makes women yeah. feel uncomfortable. They're already on guard. There's a lot of things happening in the world. And I just, you just yeah. don't do it. You don't sit and try and yeah. engage a conversation with a young man out of the blue. If there's something going on, when it's funny or whatever, sure, but not just engaging with a young woman because it can be very unsettling for young women these days. And I, this is yeah. what's frustrating is I don't think many people realize that, that we always have to be on guard as females. Men don't have to do that at all. Women have to. And so it's one more thing you have to prepare yourself for. And I think I've seen that evolution in you over the last year just being a little more vigilant, a little more aware of your surroundings, what's going on, yeah. because you are so out there. And that's, as a mom, that's a little hard for me sometimes yeah. to not feel anxiety and fear about for you. I obviously, I'm giving specific examples, yeah. but yeah, there's there's a conscious stream of thoughts that happen sometimes when you're in games because of it, but it's not the main focus of any event for me. And sure. whether it's happening or not happening, it's not the focal point. So as much as we're like honing in on it, it's really yeah. not like yes. that overarching. Um, it's just another component, I think, of within the last year, since we've talked about just the evolution of my last year, something that you kind of hear about, but then to experience it for your first time uh, and then it being a consistent here and there. Yeah. You're like, okay, so I see what they mean. Like, it's not harassment. It's just in micro things. And mm-hmm. so, um, but it sounds bad to say that, but like it is what it is. Yeah. And if there yeah, was something that was, if there was something that was so out of line, like, yeah, there'd be, there'd be different conversations we'd be having here. And sure. it's not like, oh, we're just, that's how it goes. Not really. I'm just yeah. saying like, yeah. well, am I going to go report a fan now? Or am I report someone like for message? Like, no, like, you know, yeah. it is what it is. And that's really not the highlight of the whole thing. Like there's, Oh, yeah. It's, so many it's, other it's, things that are yeah, there, it's way a better. Neg- it, yeah, right. There's a negative, but it's... Yeah. It's just a challenge that's yeah. been part of it. A little bit that, like, okay, here we are. This is part of... I mean, we've all mm-hmm. seen the Aaron Andrews situation. We've all seen what people have talked about, what they've had to deal with that are on a bigger stage. So we're, you're not completely coming at this unaware no. that things like this no. happen, obviously. I guess I just wanted you to share some of those specifics so people know what's happening in the world mm-hmm. out there. Um, and if you're at a game and you see this happening with somebody else, maybe step in and say, that's inappropriate. Don't talk or about it like that. just step in and just like talk to the girl and be like, you're doing some good or whatever. You just change the conversation. Right. And like, talk about what she's there for. This is my biggest, yeah. one of my biggest pet peeves is when people compliment only on your appearance and has nothing to do with what's going on on the inside, your talent, your intelligence, all those things. There's so much more to you. Obviously, everything about you is about what's going on inside. And when people only 
say things about the outside, that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're doing a very good job of handling that. Thank you. So yeah. commend you on that. Um, Thank you. It's just as a mom, I want to go, you know, I want to mm-hmm. come at people because it's frustrating. I know you yeah. and I know how talented mm-hmm. you are and how much you love sports and this is yeah. everything for you. And that's where I think just time will tell people this isn't a fluke. I didn't get yeah. here because of my looks. I got here because yeah. I know my shit and I know how to talk the game. And I research, I watch all the games. Like those kinds of things will show eventually. I mean, they probably yeah. show now, but over yeah. time it's going to be consistent. Yeah, I'll close it. I, we can kind of wrap up this topic with this that, you know, I've had people say things to me and like my coworkers before at events that they're like, these are really credited people, very credible. Um, and they think that we're very talented, but like they're, they're always their last piece of advice. They always close out with this is, you got to know your stuff too. You just can't look it. And we've always got those comments. It's like, not here for that in the beginning. Thank you for thinking that I'm very talented to start have this conversation, like, and telling yeah. me that you think I'll go yeah. far. Yeah. But you can't just look the part. I got that part. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I will say that there'll be, there'll be much tougher times in my career because right now I think it just feels this way that like, because I'm a girl and I'm young and I've done a good enough job reporting on a topic here and there that I think people are like kind of impressed with what I'm bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm a newer face and I don't know, maybe, maybe they think I do a terrible job, but I, some of the feedback I've gotten, it, it feels very positive so far. Something I've learned the last year is as intoxicating as that can be in the very beginning to feel like, okay, I'm doing a good job. Like they thought so. You can get wrapped up in it pretty quickly. I wouldn't say this is how I am right now, but when you first put yourself out there, you're basically just waiting for feedback on it, mm-hmm. even if you thought you did well or not. I could have done a show that I prepared for so well and I executed it really well. And I'm like, hey, that was good. You did a great job. But then because it's on a topic that you're newer to, you're basically waiting for validation from someone else that's done it for a long time to tell you that it wasn't just you that thought it was great. Yeah. And so then when you start to get a few compliments or multiple things that you do, get compliments and they're like, hey, this was a great take, Avery, or really well presented or something along those lines. All of a sudden, you feel like your work basically is defined on if other people in that space thought it was done well. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned very quickly. I, I wouldn't say I ever sat on those compliments very much. It just was nice to have some of those compliments in the beginning where now... Well, my whole point of sharing this is like there's a flip side of these compliments. At the same time, you get so used to having them sometimes that you're like, when you don't, it's like, well, is something wrong? Mm-hmm. No, your level has just gone a little bit higher and people expect that from you. Sure. And also, it, I've learned, I think it took me like probably about a month into the season where um, I was getting so much positive feedback. And then after a game, I got some really negative feedback, maybe not necessarily because of me, but because of the result. And it really sure. quickly snap me back into a reality of is like okay so people think you do a good job when they win and they think yeah. you do a terrible job when they lose so what does that say about the things you were saying before sure, the beginning sure. so i i've learned to take them with a grain of salt the people that follow along a lot of the time which is also this is so weird to say people recognize me or sometimes or like they pay attention to my like it's just like what's weird it's the imposter thing i guess a little bit but i forget that i'm in the, the light a lot more than i am and so when people recognize me at times or they ask how a certain game went i'm always like how did you know that oh right okay forgot yeah. that it's like it's all over all over media yeah yeah we've posted everything but anyway my whole point is like that doesn't define you and people's opinions and comments and stuff don't and i've always known that but it's interesting to be in a space that is so new and then when you get feedback pretty quickly you're kind of like oh okay that was kind of nice like thanks for appreciating my work like, i could put a lot of hard work into it but um once again it goes back to that 
are they complimenting you because it was done well or yeah. what, is, what is the circumstance? So my whole flip side of that is the compliments can be nice, but also it's like they don't define you. And yeah. Yeah. So you have, unfortunately, um, you have to assume they're empty unless they come from people that I, I really trust yeah. and are yeah. credible and I really value and I know they value me. So just to wrap up that conversation, it's a double-edged sword a little bit. I want to talk briefly about what it's like to prepare for either a hockey game you're covering or football. Like what yeah. all goes into it for you? Like what's okay. your typical week look like as far as preparation? Yeah. So a normal week in my life. So uh, Mondays as of recently, I get to take off or not off, but I'm, I'm home, um, which yeah. is really nice just because I've been traveling on the weekends and I usually work more than one game on the weekends now. And so Tuesday is kind of the day that I really get all my stuff together and we as my team and I reevaluate what content we had left over from the weekend. And we have uh, press conferences from coaches from Nebraska that day. And so me and my team basically curate what the day is going to look like based on how the weekend wins and then also what kind of content is coming in from coaches exactly. And that's a big thing for me because when I hear straight from the coaches, that goes straight into my notebook half the mm-hmm, time because, mm-hmm. you know, they're the one telling us exactly how it is, or at least we hope so. And so that's where I get a lot of my information every week is what the coaches are sharing. And I would say, thankfully, the Husker staff is really great at being pretty transparent. And these um, press conferences, at least Coach Rule, like he likes to at least share a good amount of what's really going on. And it's it's not too coach speaky, which is great. So um, I take a lot of that into note. Those press conferences are all, not only for us to put up on social, but for me to really take note of. And then uh, Wednesday is kind of a little bit of the same. And I mean, I have meetings mixed in with all of these as well. Uh, but Wednesday is kind of the next thing. Um, now we're kind of really gearing towards the next weekend. We're not really looking back on the last week anymore. What midweek games are happening? These are all things we've obviously know, but is there a volleyball game? Is there a basketball game now? What that kind of thing on a Wednesday? What kind of content do we have previously that we can use to preview the game tonight? Um, do we have any social clips? Do we have any press conference clips that we can use to highlight the game this evening? And then whatever else we need to start getting out to prepare for that weekend. So on Wednesdays or Tuesdays, I have a recap preview show. So what that looks like getting ready for that is, I mean, I was at the game. So just looking at my notes and what were the overarching themes that most people want to talk about or discuss from the, the loss or the win. And then previewing the next opponent. So what I usually like to do for the preview of the next opponent is I go into the other team's schedule, first of all. Like, sometimes the easiest observations are the simplest ones, since mm-hmm. I, I've learned to sometimes try to make it too complicated. Um, what is their record? What is their record on the road? What is their record at home? What is the theme that they've had in the last few games? Um, I look at their stats. This is basic, but it's like, how many rushing yards versus passing yards do they have? And what is their preferred method? of offensive attack and then who's leading that charge which mm-hmm. player is it and then i go into their team and just look at their links and their bios and which player is mentioned the most okay why what is what's being talked about with them just little things and then sometimes it leads me down a rabbit hole of the digging into a little bit further but that's more or less for my own knowledge for the actual mm-hmm. weekend mm-hmm. the actual preparation itself i try to keep pretty basic just um hey you know this weekend against maryland talia tagavaloa throws almost 3,000 yards. Our quarterback doesn't love to throw the ball. He's got less than 1,000. So clearly their plan of attack is in the air and yeah. he's the best passer in the conference apparently right now. So yeah. what challenge does that present Nebraska's defense? Just those kind of things. And then tying it back together to the loss they had in Michigan State. So just curating 
themes in my head. So then I can put a four, five, six question layout together that can just give me bullet points for when I recap with the co-host. I just have an idea, but I have learned this year to really just trust what I've already seen. Don't plan too much. Have your stuff ready, but then trust your knowledge because I've been at the games. I've seen. So the thing that I've learned a lot or see within myself is from the first preview recap show, I basically just spit questions at a person. And now I'm able to actually take their responses and add some feedback before I turn the question back around. So that's been a pretty comforting benchmark for me Mm because I was worried beginning of the year. I'm like, am I going to get better at this as the year goes on? Because I want to have like my own input. And so naturally, because I've been at the games, it's been great to have my own opinions or even just like my own facts. Um, Because sometimes that's the best stuff is having your own observations. You don't have to find it off a website sometimes. Um, So that's what a Wednesday looks like. And then uh, this week I was at basketball games, doubleheader at night. So there's no normal work hours in sports. I'll put it that way. (laughs) And then Thursday, I have no meetings. It's basically a big content day. So we have head coach, role presser. He's talking strictly about Maryland, basically. And then um, I had a hockey presser yesterday. So I'm going to clip those clips up and get them ready to post for their series against Long Island tomorrow. And then we just have stuff left over. Like we have just staff profiles that we like to share once a week. We have pictures from last night's game at volleyball and Omaha's basketball. So all this stuff starts to flood into me from people that were out and about at the night before, or if that's me, and then basically the puzzle piece to figure out where it makes sense on which accounts. And then Friday is a prep day for me. Basically in the morning, I start to review hockey. So looking back on the press conference that I heard from the player and coach, just what their focus is, um, Long Island's stats. And then I always have a pregame interview about three hours before the game on Friday night. So I usually put about three questions together with a player. And then hockey happens on Friday. And then Saturday, we've got an 11 a.m. football game. So I'll be there and I get there for an 11 a.m. game. I'll probably be there around like eight because the team Mm -hmm. gets there around 8.30. Yeah. Get the team arrival. That's it. I mean, working Custer football is a lot of content. That's basically what it is. And so we'll have that game. I'll give my post-game thoughts and then I will drive to Omaha because hockey has a game at seven o'clock and then we'll do a hockey game all over again. So, and then Sunday, depending on uh, if there's a game or not, basketball or something, sometimes I have that, but then Sunday is usually a travel day or I'm off. But I basically try to sit in preparation actively the things that I'm doing, how can I kill two birds with one stone? How can I listen to a press conference and get ready to post content, but also take into consideration what they're saying? Um, But a lot of it's just like active note-taking like throughout the year. So it helps that I'm actually at these events now. And so a lot of them are from my own observation. Yeah. And then we do it all over again the next week. So then on top of all this, then you are on a radio show that you have uh, through Herdat Media and Herdat Sports. You're doing a segment on uh, Wednesdays from 9 to 10, you're on the show. Tell us a bit about that and how that's, has it been fun? What do you think about mm-hmm. it? Do you like it? It's been different. Yeah. I've watched you, mm-hmm. the content's changed a little bit since you've been on there, but tell me yeah. about that experience too. Yeah. So when I first got thrown into it, I was really nervous because it's three hours of just talking the entire time and a lot of Husker football to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Like, what else can we talk about? Yeah. I, re- I really would say that ever since getting thrown into the, radio show it really did catapult my confidence for my own husker thoughts i guess you could say because the first 45 minutes is really just previewing the previous week or what we heard from the co- the coaches and it's basically full-on your thoughts 
Mm-hmm. Or before I felt like with my preview or recap shows or interviews, like I had support where I was relying on the expert where now it's kind of like, all right, like you're the expert here now. And so I think I was really nervous for what people were going to think of my first 45 minutes of thoughts. <laughs> and I should have leaned on this a lot harder. But I always had heard this before and I had gotten this advice in college that you are the expert because you were there. You did the research. You have to remember that a lot of times people aren't doing as much work as you are doing. Like they can have their thoughts and their opinions, but they're not all the time, but they're a little bit more uneducated than you. And they're not getting the access that you are getting access Mm -hmm. to. And they're not reading all the things that you're reading or listening to. So embrace the fact that you are the expert in a situation because you are like you are doing the work. So after I said, you know, I had that first radio show and gotten some positive feedback just from my coworkers and stuff. I was like, okay, so my, my thoughts are valid. I always just think I sometimes discredit myself because I'm like, I've never played the sport as much sure. as I wish I could have. It's hard because, you know, you know I, this is a different tangent, but I think that's one reason why girls struggle sometimes in the space of sports is because we didn't have the, at my age, didn't have the access to play the sports that all the yeah. guys got to play at a young age. You were kind of limited to the soccer, volleyball softball, you know, swim dance thing, where now girls can play flag football and they have experience. I mean, I've grown up around baseball and so I know that one, but football is a different world to me. And I've grown up in that football space being a huge fan, but I'm always kind of just curious, like, why would anyone want to listen to me? Because I don't know what it's like. I know the first thing. I don't know what it's like to put a helmet on and go hit someone. They probably think I'm, look, I sound like a blabbing idiot. So I think that's what freaked me out a little bit about the radio show. And then I did it a few times. And it just was fun to talk to different people. And we have guests on from all over. And it's nice to hear different perspectives and just different topics and stuff. And it's just a lot of preparation, too. Like, you have to, it's three hours show. And you have to know the direction in which you want to go. And you got to be prepared for the guests that you have on. And so we do that every day. Like, major kudos to those people that do it because it's a lot of yeah. prep. But yeah. I was only doing it every other week. But now I do from 9 to 10. And it's been great because the first 30 minutes or so, we chit-chat Husker football and then we play a game. And so yeah. it's been really fun to, like, bring personality to the radio, too. And um, we've yeah. got a really fun team. And so I think that's one big thing we try to embrace lately, too, on the radio is, like, you can talk about Husker football. 24-7. Everyone's doing it, but we're going to rehash the same topic we talked about two days ago. There's yeah. There's been no game since the last time we talked, right? So just making it more personable and bringing personality and character to it. And so the three of us on the show from the last 30 minutes, I know we have a really great time. And so that's definitely helped my presence, I think, on yeah, there as well, sure. just being authentically myself. And I actually don't really think I struggle with that usually. I feel like what you get with me behind closed doors as a friend is kind of what you're going to get when I'm in front of a camera, which I can't probably tell you that. That's what it was like in the beginning. I was pretty fabricated and trying to just sound good. Yeah. Like, did the words come out of my mouth correctly? Where now I feel like you can bring some more yeah, uh, personality, which has been kind of fun. So yeah, that, that's been a really, it was a really big challenge for me that first week. And then after I did it once, I was like, you can do this. It's fine. Yeah. It's just yeah. a daunting idea of starting yeah, and it's live and so and people, you can't this isn't a stop and mm-hmm. let's edit that out it's a mm-hmm. it's out there mm-hmm. yeah it's been fun i forward it to grandma so she listens mm-hmm. every Wednesday yeah as well. she does so she always yeah. sends me a text after you're done yeah sure i will say like i don't know if we want to go down this road necessarily but i think all of the opportunities yeah. that have come across my path in the last year 
I have to credit to the trials and tribulations, you could say, I've gone through that haven't been work-related, that when I sit back and look back on the past year, I'm very thankful for them because of the person that, it's funny, like a year ago, I think I thought that I had my life in a good spot, Mm -hmm. which is just comical to me to look back on. And like we're having this conversation right now, and it's just funny that all the things that I've gone through uh, or the things I go through work-related now that I don't think I would have been strong enough to endure a year ago. Yeah. yeah. And to think that I went through college and I was in a really great headspace and just like very confident, I think, because I, I was living on my own and you're away from home for the first time. And when you figure that out and you have that alone time, you become, I just think, a much stronger individual and you learn who you are. And I thought I knew, <laughs> thought I knew a lot about that. Um, and then I kind of had a curveball thrown my way and it really challenged my self-identity. Mm-hmm. And so just as we're having this conversation, it's dawning on me again, just like how many things I'm getting to experience and do because of those outside challenges that have really pushed me yeah. to be a stronger person. Well, I was going to ask about the post-college transitions. I don't think we really mm-hmm. got into it a ton in the last conversation because we've talked a lot further about it, especially as a student athlete, the schedule and everything's Da, 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 for you and all of a sudden you're now thrown into a workspace and your life's completely different i mean sure it's around sports still but there's no schedule to adhere to besides your work schedule whatever that is but do you want to talk about how that's been i mean it's been mm-hmm. a year and a half now but well it's been two years a year and a half now it's a year and a half yeah it's yeah a year and a half yeah. a year and a half since you were yeah. done with soccer yeah tell us in about how that's been mm-hmm. and you you've expressed some things that were challenges at first for you mm-hmm. in that situation. Let us know about that a little bit. Yeah. So the semester after soccer ended was fine. It's like the first time in your life that you have a little bit of freedom and you obviously miss it, but it was just nice to not have something controlling you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when summer comes around, you realize that your your life has been uh, benchmarked for you. The fall time is for school and it's for soccer. And that is the start of something new. And then when the start of something new doesn't happen in the fall, I think my life was like, what's going to, what, what's new? What, what comes yeah. now? And there's nothing like, and I, I understand why people schedule vacations. I understand why people schedule friend gatherings or whatever it may be, because you have to break it up because your entire life, it's been sectioned off for you. And so this was my first taste of that. And I wasn't living with my friends anymore. And that was fine for a while because I knew we would see each other again and those kind of things. But you're just realizing that nothing is going to do it for you anymore. And you, not that you realize that that's how life was before. It just, I never, I never knew that school and soccer was doing a job for me. It just was what I was always a part of. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. now it's like, oh, I could put in all of this effort yeah. just to see someone I used to see every single day. And so now you go to the like the rut of routine of going to work and stuff. And I love my job. I have a really great job that doesn't yeah. force me to stare at a wall every day. But at the end of the day, I'd come home living by myself and I was like, I'm, I'm searching for something more now. And so yeah. I think between that and uh, when we were on this podcast last, I was in a relationship that I thought was really great. Yeah. And we'll just, we'll put it up that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> ended up not, which was about what it was a year, almost a year ago. It was almost, yeah. So uh, oh, it may be like this weekend or it, last weekend. Yeah, sure. No, it is November 14th. Okay. Well, oh, good, dear God. Yeah. That was the, well, uh, we'll just say I that was know. a rough so weekend. We'll, 
we'll celebrate accordingly. Um, yes. It's a rough weekend, but yes. But anyway, yeah. my point is, is that was also mixed in as well. So, you yes. know, I had a relationship that I thought was going to be great. And then turns out it wasn't serving me at all. And then not around my friends. I was, you know, now entering into the job routine. And so there's a lot of things that all of a sudden I was like, I have a first job. I live in an apartment by myself. I'm paying my own bills. These are all the things that society tells me I am doing a great job. Like I am check, I am checking every box of an out of college successful person, and I not feeling fulfilled what yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. And my and like obviously my job wasn't really fulfilling my you know my passion and my need at the time either. So there was that a little bit. It's very good. You're just in the social media, the restaurant. Yeah. Part. It wasn't yeah. sports related except for what no. you're doing for UNO, and that wasn't yeah. really happening a ton. It was a little bit, yeah. but not and, much, but. Yeah. And so I think um, my reason I'm bringing this up is because um, I'd gone through a breakup before in high school and like that propelled me into having, I think, a great four years of being an individual and figuring out my identity. But it's crazy how this second one, I think I needed, just weird. I needed it again to prove that one um, a reminder of my worth and my value because it's crazy that we had this conversation a year ago and talking about this kind of stuff, just where I've gone in life and all these things. I remember I had just like a really tough weekend. So I came home and I was just kind of going through it. I was just feeling off and you were like reminding me of all the things that I am and like the things that people tell you that I am um, just as your friends or our neighbors. And I couldn't stop crying. I was like uncontrollably crying. And you were like, why are you crying? And I was like, because I don't feel any of that right now. Like I do not feel that at all. And I couldn't at the moment pinpoint why. I was like, people see these things in me and I do not feel it at all. And it was the first time in a very long time that I didn't feel, I think, very confident or I didn't feel just individually strong. I just felt like I was relying on uh, whether an opportunity went well for me or the validation of this person in my relationship, that kind of thing. And I was allowing 